Pastor Varun and Pastor Dala Hopperson would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. Sometimes I climb so far, only to backslide. Lord, I may be sliding back, but I will not abandon I believe that today your body may not be on the chair quietly. You may feel heat on your seat because what I preach is really against a lot of your mentality or your thinking. This is a surgery to cut out the wrong thing in your life. God is going to use the sword of the Spirit to really change you today by what I preach today. And even I myself in a prepared a sermon, I was uncomfortable because it's against me too. Two Sundays ago, we were talking about abundance and prosperity. And it's God's will. I want to encourage all of you to get the sermon from the podcast called Living in Abundance, a series like God is our provider, God is the abundance God, how to honor God. And now we are learning about having prosperous soul. I mentioned two Sundays ago that before we can be prosperous in the physical realm, outwardly, we need to be prosperous on the inside first. It starts from our soul and our spirit. That's what the Bible says. 3 John chapter 1, verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Just as your soul prospers, then your health will be prospering. Then your finances will be prospering. Your relationship will be prospering. It has to start from your soul on the inside here. And two Sundays ago, I was talking about the definition of prosperity or abundance. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency. Everyone say always. always. All sufficiency. Amen. In all things. May have an abundance for every good work. This scripture is the definition of prosperity. The gospel or the grace of God, or the power or the provision of God covers every area of our life and all the time so that we can have more than enough to do every good deed. God doesn't want us to prosper out of carnality that I just want to please my flesh. I just want to have more and more and more to be happy. No, God wants us to live our life for the kingdom and we can do every good work for His purpose. And God wants to give this prosperity or abundance to us so that we can have all sufficiency in all things, not just only certain aspects of life, but in all things and always so that we can do every good work. But before we can get there, We need to let the Word of God come in and change our soul and our spirit to have a prosperous soul. And one of the enemies in our life that stops us from living in abundance is called the poverty mentality. The poverty mentality is very common in the church today because many of us grew up in a poor home. Our parents are poor. Our grandparents are poor. We learn from the world system that we need to have poverty mentality. But that is against the Word of God because the Word of God says we will not lack. The spirit of prosperity says we will not lack. We will not go under. We will not come short. We will not lack anything. We will never have a problem of not having enough but we will have more than enough to do every good work. 
and God has billions of channels that can He bless us without even picking up a phone call to help us, and He chooses His way how to bless us. Amen. Therefore, we need to make sure that our heart is right, our soul is right. It means that we really commit to live our life for the kingdom of God. We make a decision to live for the purpose of God, and then let our soul have faith. Build up our soul to have faith, and then after we have faith, we can confess what the Bible say. Faith followed by confession. The Bible say in the book of Joel, chapter three, verse ten. Let the weak say, "I am strong." What should the sick say? I'm healthy. What should the person who feel condemned say? I am forgiven and I'm righteous. What should those who are in poverty say? I am rich. You need to say according to the Bible, according to the promise of God, in the face of contradiction. Maybe right now you are facing financial difficulty. Instead of saying I'm broke, I will not make it. I'm running out. I don't have enough. If you keep saying that, you will never come into prosperity because you don't agree with what God say. You need to say, "I'm rich. I'm strong. I can keep the food down. I'm healthy. I'm smart. I'm young. I can serve God." You need to speak positive thing according to the scripture. Amen. The spirit of poverty will say, "I'm going to run out. I will not have enough. I'm going to come under. I will never come out from this problem." But the spirit of prosperity say, "God shall supply all of my needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I will always have all sufficiency in everything, in all things, and may have an abundance to do every good work." You need to confess the word of God. The poverty mentality is an ugly thing. It's something. It's it's like a junk in your spirit. You need to get rid of. You may not be able to get rid of this poverty mentality overnight. It may take many many months, many years. I'm still working on it on myself too. I'm still working on getting rid of the poverty mentality, and I want to see God work in my life. Because prosperous soul shall see the prosperity of God. Amen. Do you know that it's not hard at all for God to bless you financially or materially? How many people believe that God is not a big deal? It's easy for God to bless you. But in order for God to bless you, it's not depending on God alone. It depends on you too. How much God can bless you really depend on your soul. How much faith you have, and how much obedience you have in your life. God can bring in money anytime without a phone call. He can do so many miracles to help you, but your soul must be correct. Your mentality must be right. Before I go on to say something, to say more, I want to be clear to you. I'm not teaching you to just sit at home as a couch potato. And just be lazy, do nothing, because God say, "I will bless the work of your hand." You need to work in order to prosper. You cannot just sit like a couch potato and wait for people to give you money. You need to go out find a job, doing something. But God is the one who's going to bring money to you if you work hard and you are obeying the word of God. Amen. Don't expect prosperity by being lazy. By do nothing or going to work late, cheat the time of the work, and spend time making phone call at work for your own personal benefit, or doing Facebook during work, your boss know that they will not give you a raise. You need to work hard, and you need to be a good employee. Amen. So God can do everything, but you need to work on your soul to make sure that your soul is prosperous. How many read the four gospel? And you notice one thing that Jesus never say: according to God's ability, you are healed. Have you ever seen that in the Bible? That God say, according to God's ability, you are healed. No. Look at what the Bible say in Matthew chapter nine, verse twenty-eight to twenty-nine. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, "Do you believe that I am able to do this? Is God able? 
Yes, God is able to give you abundance and to prosper you. They or to heal you. They said to him, "Yes, Lord." Then he touched their eyes, saying, "According to your faith, let it be to you." So the obstacle that block the prosperity of God of heaven to come into your life is your fear, worry, and doubt. You don't really believe that God can do it because you lack strong soul or prosperous soul. You have the poverty mentality. Luke chapter seven verse fifty say, and he said to the woman, "My ability has saved you." Is that right? What did he say? Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So it depends on our faith too. God is ready. God stretch out His hand, try to help us, save us, deliver us, bless us financially, to prosper us. He is ready. He He has done it already on the cross two thousand years ago. Jesus became poor so that we might be rich. But the problem is that we cannot receive that from God because we have a poverty mentality. If we can expand our heart, if we can get rid of the poverty mentality, and have more faith, and when you have a bigger faith, you have a bigger vision, and then you can receive from God even more than before. You need to get rid of a small, narrow, nothing thinking. But you should believe that my God is a God of more than enough, and He is my supplier. He is my source of supply. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Amen. You will not say I will not make it. You will say I will make it. God will provide all of my need. Matthew chapter six verses thirty-six to thirty-four say, "Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit?" To his stature, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field; how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will He not much more clothe you? Of all you of little faith, you see God connect the provision of God and faith. You need to receive by faith. Therefore, do not worry, saying, "What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear?" For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow I will worry. Uh, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. We have to deal with two things here: faith for fullness, and doubt, or worry, or fear, for lacking. A lot of Christians in the world walking in fear and worry. Their fear of lacking. They don't trust God enough that God will provide for them, and that's why they never see prosperity. We need to get rid of that fear, that poverty mentality. Today, I'm gonna do a test. I'm gonna ask you a few questions. You can flunk. That's okay. The question will come back again. But I hope that after you listen to this sermon many times on the podcast or your CD, eventually you pass all these tests. I know that the question quite dogmatic to you, and some of you who learn something from your parents or from your culture or your society may not agree with the answer that I give to you. But the answer is from the Bible. Let's look at the first question. Okay, let's go to the practical point here. This question is to test you whether you have a poverty mentality or not. They need to get rid of that junk. And the poverty mentality is one of the hardest kind of problem the church to get rid as a pastor, because a lot of people come into the church with this mentality. The first question: Do you keep everything? Do you keep stuff long after it has worn out? 
Do you have buckets, jars, or drawers full of stuff that you have not used for years and years? Do you keep saving things that you have never used for a long time? And why are you saving those things? Why are you saving those neckties that you have never used for 10 years? This is the first question, and you can answer God yourself. Some of you say, "Yes, I need to keep those things because I will need them sometime. When the recession comes, I need to keep all those things." Some people have this poverty mentality that they continue to use things long after they are worn out or their usefulness have passed. Many people run their tires in the car until there are no threats in the middle of the tire because. They have poverty mentality. Some of us use windshield wipers until they are popping in the air everywhere when they're driving on the road or when the rain comes, because they have poverty mentality. Do you fix your socks 12 times before you throw them away? You keep sewing it 12 times using the same socks. You keep fixing things with the old. Parts instead of buying a new part to put in those things that you want to fix. Are you really worried about throwing something away that you should throw away, and you should keep them in your garage, in your bedroom, in your uh, closet? You keep all those things you don't want to throw them away. Some of us need to clean out our garage. Myself too. Some of us I don't have time yet. I'm so busy. Some of us need to clean out our homes and our offices. Some of us need to throw something away that's too old and you haven't even touched them for 10 years or give to somebody else instead of keeping them with you. Are your life full of junk, full of old things? Run down car, the car almost cannot run anymore. You still keep them in your lawn. You have one car, another car was so broken, you should keep it there. Just saving all these things. One of these days, I may need it. That is the poverty mentality. You may not realize that poverty mentality is very serious and very damaging because it will block you from receiving the prosperity of God. Proverbs chapter 11, 24-25 says, there is one who scatters, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds. Everyone say withholds. The poverty mentality loves to withhold things, keep things, save things. Fill your garage with junk. Fill your bedroom with junk because you don't want to let it go. You don't want to let loose. Who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made rich. And he who waters will also be watered himself. Let me ask the question. Do you struggle in turning things loose? Are you struggling to let go of things in your life and give to somebody else? Or every time you're going to let go of this thing, you feel very bad. You don't want to let go. In Acts chapter 5, Ananias Sapphira has a poverty mentality. They sold their land. They got a lot of money, and they promised God that they're going to give all the money to, to the church. But what happened? They kept some for themselves. They had the poverty mentality. Unfortunately, they did not only miss the prosperity of God, they died because they lied to the Holy Spirit. Is it hard for you to throw things away that you should not keep? It is hard for you to give away what you have. Sometimes God may deal with you. Give money to that brother in the church. Give money to that organization. Give money to the church. Buy something for the church. And God keep telling you, come into your dream, come into your vision. Send a message to you. But are you the type of person who struggle and keep praying about it? Keep thinking about it for two years. After God told you in year 2008, you still think about it in year 2010, and you haven't done it. And eventually, you forget about it. Are you that type of person who doesn't want to let go or let loose of things from your hand? 
if you are not that type, you have the poverty mentality. Do you procrastinate when God tells you to do something that related to giving money out or letting go, letting loose something in your life? Remember this: if you have the poverty mentality, you cannot prosper. You need to get rid of it. You need to have a prosperous soul. Let go of those things that you don't need anymore. Let go of those things that God tells you to let go. Amen. And God will be able to prosper you. You can say, "I will always have all sufficiency in all things, and I can have an abundance to do every good work." Amen. Let loose. Let go. Don't save. Don't keep those things all the time. Second question. Sound like everyone like this question, huh? Hit so many people right now. Repent. Don't argue with me. Some of you use re- rational right now. But pass the law. You don't understand me. Don't argue with me. You argue with God. Second question: Do you always have to clean the plate when you eat? Do you keep the food on your plate that have maybe one? Piece of chicken in the refrigerator seven more days because you're concerned that seven days from now you will not have food to eat. Are you the type of person that you need to have a big ceremony before you open the new bottle of shampoo? <laughs> the shampoo almost gone at the end of the bottle, but you say. I cannot open a new one. I need to put a little water in there, shaking it, and use another three months. Fill it up, and use three more months of the shampoo. But with the wrong mentality. Not that you are good steward, but because you are afraid that you will not have enough money to buy a new bottle of shampoo. Are you the kind of artistic person? Some of us very artistic. Know how to roll the toothpaste. Tube, roll, 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 and then use the spoon to squeeze, squeeze to the last piece of toothpaste before you throw that tube away. Are you using a toothbrush that you have been using since 1972? <laughs> you laugh, but some people do that. Do you continue to use rusty pots and keep cans that have rust on top of them and say, "I might need them one day when I have no money. I need to keep all these things in my cabinet of the kitchen. I need this for the rainy day instead of throwing them away because it's too old already. Don't expect lack. Don't expect to run out." Don't expect to fall on hard financial times, amen. You may say, "Well, you never know. One day I will need this toothpaste that left over in there, so I still keep that tube for the future." Don't have that poverty mentality. God can feed you. God can give you a new toothpaste tube. God can give you a new toothbrush. Brand new. Don't have the poverty mentality. Have left over, running over. Amen. You don't need to be that type that you have to keep everything in the refrigerator until it's rotten before you throw it away. Look at the Bible. In the Old Testament, God said, "Don't reap your harvest to the edge of the field. Don't even pick up the grape that fall on the ground." Let me read the scripture to you. Leviticus 19:9 to 10 say, "When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field, nor shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest, and you shall not glean your vineyard, nor shall you gather every grape of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the stranger. I am the Lord your God." What does it mean here? Two meanings. Number one, have a abundant mentality. Don't keep everything for yourself and never share with other people. You need to remember God can feed you and give you more than enough that you can share with the poor. Amen. That's what the Bible say. A lot of us have the poverty mentality. 
you tithe. But when you tithe, you use a calculator. Oh, forty-three dollars. I think too much. Let's give him forty. No, don't use calculator to calculate tithe. If it come out forty-three dollars, I will give fifty dollars. Amen. If you calculate that way, use calculator to calculate tithe and cut it down, you have a poverty mentality. Oh, tips! How many people work in the restaurant? Some people have this kind of thinking about tips. Oh, fifteen percent. Ah, twelve dollar fifty-five cent. Twelve dollar fifty-five cent. Fifteen percent tips. No. Give them fifteen dollars, eighteen dollars, twenty dollars. Amen. Don't have this kind of poverty mentality. I tell you, if you give two more dollars for tip, it's not going to make you poor. Because you know why this is so important. Maybe you may laugh at me. You say, "Why is it loud? You're trying to tell me to spend a lot of money." No, 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 no. Because the Bible says, "A generous man will prosper." If you cannot be generous to the Person who give you food in the restaurant, you so stingy. Five dollars cut down to three dollars. If you have that stingy spirit, you will never be prosperous. It's about the soul here, and come out in the money issue. Amen. Don't have the restraint and stingy spirit. The poverty mentality say, my toothpaste tube must be totally flat before I throw it away. The prosperous spirit say, "My God is the overflowing God. My boat can be sinking because He gave me too much fish to be in the boat." The prosperity spirit say that I will have twelve basket full left over after I give and feed everybody else. Amen. Amen. My prosperity spirit will say, "My cup will run over and the water will run on the ground and go into the field." You're gonna have over. God say, if you need five, I give you ten. That's what it means. So don't have the poverty mentality. That is the second question. Are you flunking or you are passing the test? Number three. Are you ready for number three? Are you always complaining about how much things cost? Are you belly aching, griping, whining? About how ridiculous it is when you look at the price of things. You may say, Pastor Lau, I grew up in Chinese family. I need to bargain, bargain, bargain. This is too expensive. Chinese mentality, poverty mentality. Philippians two fourteen. In everything you do, stay away from complaining and arguing. You should not complain about the price of things. Amen. This is a word that people like to say. People with the poverty mentality, we cannot afford it. We cannot afford it. If you say that, it means you don't know the source of your supply. The source of your supply is the Almighty God. He's a God of more than enough. He will give you more than what even than you need. But this is what you should have in your mentality and teach your kids. This is how it works. You say to your kids and you yourself, "I'm gonna live for the kingdom of God, and I believe that God gonna give me more than enough to fulfill His purpose in my life. And I learn to sow the seed and pray and believe God that God will provide for me to be able to afford. Everyone say to afford. Everyone say again, able to afford. We are able to afford everything that God called us to do. I remember when we make a decision to give CD out for free in this church and to Thailand and to all over the world. That anyone call us and ask us to for CD, we send out for free. We don't sell the word of God. A lot of people that hear this were not happy with me. Say, how are you gonna afford this? And God say, let's see. You can afford it. I call you to do this. This is my purpose. I will feed you. I will take care. And God has been helping us to afford this ministry. Amen. We never lack anything. 
Amen. You teach your children that way that they need to sow the seed. If they want a new toy, they can sow the toy they have to another kid next door neighbor, and pray and trust God. Say God, I just this doesn't matter how expensive that toy is. God gonna provide for me. And when they get that, they know that it's not Santa Claus or Mommy that provide for them, but God is the one who provide for them. Learn how to receive from the Lord by sowing, believing. And trusting God and living for the kingdom of God. Amen. So that is the third question: Are you complaining about the price of things? Believe me, God can give you enough money to buy things that God want to give to you. Amen. If God really want you to have it, unless you push it by your carnality, I'm not saying that you try to get things out of your carnal, selfish attitude. I want that car. I want to bless my flesh. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you have enough to afford what God called you to do. Amen. God will help you. I listened to the testimony of Pastor Nali yesterday. Pastor Nali and Pastor Sisa were looking for the house. They don't want to buy the house more than three hundred something thousand dollars because they want to live below their means. But all the houses in that time about four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars. But God can provide for them. Eventually, they found a house that no one else want to buy, 300 something. I don't know the price, and no one else want to buy because there is one problem in the house: that there are so many trees, and that tree can fall on the house. 50 trees in their property. They bought that house. God provide for them to buy that house, and you know what happened? One day, government show up. So Pastor Nali asked the government, "Can you cut all this down for us for free? Normally, it take about two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars to cut the tree down. The government did it for free, and put also the infilling land for them too. So they get a good house, cheap price, because they believe God can provide for them. Amen. They don't look at the price only, but they believe God that the provision will come from God. Amen. That is the third question. Look at the fourth question." Are you always trying to get something for less and for free? Are you trying to get something for free? I don't care whether they make money or not. I want the deal. The salesperson should not make any money. I'm gonna get it for free or the good deal. That is the poverty mentality. I want to tell you, if God wants to give you a favor. To buy something half price and cheap, God can help you, but don't have this mentality that I want to buy cheap. Listen carefully in Isaiah chapter one verse nineteen: If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best of the land. Paying the cheaper price is not the most important for the eyes of God. Your willingness and your obedience is the most important thing in the eyes of God. Let me repeat one more time. Paying the cheapest price is not the most important thing in the eyes of God, but giving you the best because you obey and willing to follow God is the most important thing in the eyes of God, Amen. not the cheapest thing. The best of the land is not always the cheapest thing. A lot of people have a cheap mentality. I want to buy things cheap, but it breaks very fast. God doesn't want to give you cheap. God wants to give you the best. Amen. Poverty mentality say cheapest, cheapest, cheapest. Pay the least. But the prosperity, prosperity mentality say the best of the land. I'm gonna obey God. I'm willing, and God can provide for me. It's not a good testimony. It's not a good representation of the kingdom of God. If you go to buy something from somebody. And you bargain, bargain, bargain to the point that the sell person never get any income. Think about it. How many people in this room want to work for free? Raise your hand up. You say they don't deserve this. I'm gonna bargain to the point that they get nothing. That is despising God, because you're trying to tell this sales person that our God is not a provider. Our God is the dad of the beggar. 
you need to beg, you need to plead, you need to argue in order to get money down to the point that the salesperson will get nothing from you. We should be generous. Let them get some money. They need to feed their family. They need to feed their kids. They need to buy the new shoes for their kids. Is that right? Why you try to bargain to the point that the person never get anything? That is the wrong attitude. It's a poverty mentality. You take advantage of people who are trying to make money in order to live and pay for their bill. We need to bless people. Don't quote, "Oh, I'm a Christian. Can you give me that discount because I'm a Christian?" Don't go around and say, "I'm a preacher. I need a special discount." Don't do that. Bless them. Give them. Let them have some money, because you know that God can provide for you more than enough. In my experience, sometimes I feel I was being taken advantage of. People maybe rip me off or get more money from me. I don't buy with a good price. But you know, after a few years, God give me money back anyway. We never lack anything. If the cup runs over. The boat is sinking. Twelve baskets full left over. Just bless them. Don't quote like this, brother. We are brother and sister in the church. Can you give me a special deal? Sell to me without benefit. Don't do that. If you buy something from one another in the church, don't come. You know, give me a special deal. Can you work for me for free? Come to my house and cut the lawn for free. Give the money. Don't get free things. Bless somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow, so quiet in this room. <laughs> we can be good witnesses when we bless somebody and tell them by our lifestyle that our God is not broke, and we are not the beggars. We are the son and the daughter of the King of the Universe. We can pay it. God will give us. Enough to pay the bill, and we are not looking for the cheapest thing; we're looking for the best thing. Amen. Hallelujah. But definitely, there are times that God favor you, want to give you the best deal. Maybe you walk in and they say, "You know, I don't, I don't know. I like you. Why don't I give you half price?" And you pray to the Holy Spirit. You know, I don't want to take advantage of this salesperson. But if God say, "No, no, no. This is the favor of God for you," then You take it because God wants to give you the favor to get a special price, special deal. That's okay, but don't plead, don't shake that neck and and say you need to reduce the price for me. You need to do this for me. If you don't do it, I'm gonna kill you. Don't do that. You are not a beggar. You are the son of God. Amen. God give favor for me when I bought my car. I walk in and I say, you know, I'm not sure I'm gonna buy today because. It's not my intention. I came with my friend. How about three thousand dollar less? I said, "Wow, okay, special deal, special favor." Not only that, I walk in to do the two year warranty, and they say, "Oh, warranty is one thousand dollars." Okay, let's sign the contract. After a while, the manager walk in and say, "Wrong. This is three thousand. I don't remember. Maybe two thousand dollars." The man make the word already. He already make a promise. So he cannot change his word. I get cheaper insurance. That is the favor of God. I even say, "Are you sure I'm can, I can go back to the original price?" They say, "No, no, no. I already say it. I need to keep my word." God can give you favor to buy cheaper things, but don't have the attitude that you're gonna rip off the salesperson and try to make advantage and get everything for free. Don't be cheap. Don't be a beggar. Don't try to wear people down by not letting them get any benefit from the sale at all. Amen. Don't be stingy. People with poverty mentality are not stingy people. Number five, last one. Some of you are glad. Oh, sweat right now. Okay. How many people feel uncomfortable when you listen to this sermon? Raise your hand up. I need to give you a CD to listen in the car one more time, two more times. Last question: Are you bothered by what other people spend, or have, or do? Do you think, oh man, 
This is wasteful. That is ridiculous. You can do many things with that, that amount of money on the mission field and giving to the poor. That comment sounds good. But another gentleman said the same thing, and his name is Judas Iscariot. Let me read the scripture to you. Matthew 26, 6-10. While Jesus was in Bethany in the house of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. Look at another scripture, Mark 14, 6-9. But Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, and whenever you wish, you may do them good. But me, you do not have always. That jar of perfume was worth one year wages compared to today about thirty to fifty thousand dollars in one minute gone on the head of jesus and one of the disciples was so religious what this is a wasteful thing you should have sold that perfume and give to the poor in fact the person who said that judas iscariot was a hypocrite he did not care for the poor he was stingy he had a poverty mentality. He did not truly care for anybody else. He cared about his own money. And that's what happened to many people nowadays. They judge, they criticize how other people spend money. And that is poverty mentality. Let me tell you a truth. Before you judge anybody about how they spend money in the church, Ask yourself, how many percent have you given to the church? If that person already gives more than 10% to the church, and the rest leftover money, they want to spend anything, don't touch them. They have done their part of blessing the gospel. Amen? I tell you the truth. A lot of people who judge people how to spend money never even give 10% to the church. But they judge. Don't judge people. If they already tie to church and they go buy a car, $50,000 car, it's between them and God. Don't judge them. When you see people drive a nice car, oh, they don't deserve this. Yeah, because you have poverty mentality. Amen? One day God speak to me. The pornography company can buy airplane, can buy nice car, nice carpet. But Christian in the church get mad when Christian brother and sister buy a nice car, a nice house, and criticize one another. But the pornography company have all the nice things. All those nice things are for only the sinners and the worldly people. Can children of God have nice things? Poverty mentality. Amen? We need to get rid of that. Oh, I feel the anointing. It's nothing wrong to have nice things. As long as you're faithful in giving already, tithing, blessing people, nothing wrong. Amen? You should rejoice when you see brother and sister are blessed by God. They have a nice house. They have a nice car. I don't mean that they just use all the credit card to be in debt. I mean they can afford it. I'm not ch- talking about being in debt to buy a nice house, nice car, and have millions of dollars of debt. I don't mean that. But if they can afford, let them do it. Don't criticize them. You know why you should rejoice? Because if you rejoice with the prosperity of your friend in the church, you have the prosperous soul. And you are in the same line. Have you ever buy food and you go in the line? Your next one get the Big Mac, the next one go Coke and French fry. You go in the line, you are going in the line, you're going to be the next one to receive abundance from God. 
because you have the right soul, prosperous soul. Be happy when people are blessed by God. Amen. These five questions. How many people admit that we have a little bit or some part of poverty mentality? Pastor Dad gives me a hard time all the time because I have poverty mentality too. I need to repent. Amen. <laughs> I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to myself. I have a lot of prosperity. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Okay, I'm gonna give this CD to everybody. <laughs> Listen again in the car. This is serious. I'm not kidding. You cannot do much in life here if you have the poverty mentality. Amen. And the poverty mentality enter into the church. We want to raise funds to build a building. Uh, let's make a bake sale. Sell cookie to get money to buy the church. That is poverty mentality. Bake sale, cheap. No, you should say, I'm going to write a big check because God is going to give me more. Amen. Instead of bake sale. Let's have a garage sale to get money to buy the building and buy the land for the church. That is poverty mentality. We should be the, hey, God, you're going to bless me. I'm going to write a big check to give to this land for the church. I'm, I'm not raising funds right now. Don't take me wrong. I'm not raising funds. I'm just telling you the mentality of people. I'm not here for money, but I'm trying to help you to come out from this junk, this ugly mentality, poverty mentality. You are the son and the daughter of the king of all kings. Your father in heaven is the richest person in the whole world. And he is a good provider. And he is an abundant God, the God of more than enough. You should not have a poverty mentality because you are not a son and a daughter of the beggars. You can have more than enough. But work hard. Be faithful in your work and seek the kingdom of God first. Learn to sow. Learn how to bless people and God is going to bless you. Have the generous soul, generous spirit to give to people and God is going to bless you. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Again, my purpose of preaching today is not about money from you. Amen. Don't get upset when somebody gets blessed. You should be rejoicing when people are blessed by God. Amen. I want to have a generous soul. I want to go and give to people instead of go and get from them. I never go to Thailand to get any penny. I go to give. But God bless the church because our church has a generous soul. We want to give. We want to be a blessing. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. So how many people repent today? Raise your hand up. Repent. Oh, what? what? How many people want a, want a million dollars? Raise your hand up. Oh, one million dollars, everyone raise so high. How many people repent today? Raise your hand up. Let's say at the same time, Father, help me. Fill my soul with your light, with your word. Take away, Father, the poverty mentality, the spirit of narrow, of less, of small, restrict, and restrain. But help me to have a big heart, a generous soul, a soul full of faith, full of confidence in the provision of God. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the best of the land. Amen. 
Father, I pray that your people in this church will receive the best of the land. They will not save ten dollars for the sale to drive from one place to another place and spend three tanks of gas. They will know how to spend money, how to get the best, and have the right heart, Father. Father, we believe that the generous soul will be in this church, and your people will experience the provision and abundance and prosperity of God. Father, we are not here for money. You are the God, but we know, Lord, that you bless your people so that we can do every good work, so that we can bless the poor, we can do the great commission, we can go to the foreign lands and preach the gospel. We can, Lord, welcome people, love people, feed people, Father. We thank you, Father, for your word, for correcting your church, for reminding your church of. Coming out from the poverty mentality, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at two zero six two seven five one zero four two or visit our website online at www. NewHopeInternationalChurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address: New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much. 